When we get to Trinity Sunday, I have often tried to point out to people that this is, in many ways, the Sunday that we put things together. The first half of the liturgical year, we have looked at God's revelation of himself through the particular historical events by which that revelation took place. At the risk of oversimplifying a little bit, during the season of Advent, there was a focus on God the Father preparing the way for the coming of Jesus Christ and his announcement of that future in, through the prophets. And then at Christmas and then through Epiphany, there is a focus on this God becoming flesh and dwelling among us as one of us. Then Lent and Easter and Holy Week uh, before Easter is largely focused on the suffering, the dying, and the resurrection of our Lord to give us the gift of new life. And then during the Easter season and climaxing on Pentecost, which we celebrated last Sunday, we have the witness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living Christ in the life of the church and its extension as it began to spread throughout the world. Now, on Trinity Sunday, we kind of put all that together into one worship of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or more specifically, when it comes to worship, we worship the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the rest of the liturgical year will be given to our ongoing growth in that truth, in the truth of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ and the way in which um, we have a promise that awaits us. Almost all Christians acknowledge this understanding of God as a holy trinity, and yet I dare say that most Christians leave it to the theologians and other scholars and perhaps the clergy uh, to explicate it, to speculate about its inner workings and so on and so forth. But for the most part, it is something that among the common Christian fold of God uh, is willingly accepted, but largely irrelevant to one's daily life in faith. Which is sad, because the revelation of God as the Holy Trinity is a great gift. It is God's revelation of his own inner being, a great gift in itself. But more importantly, it has serious implications for both our salvation and for our life in Christ. Why do I say that? Well, let's start with the issue of salvation. When Jesus died, 
and was resurrected from the dead. The first followers of Jesus realized that something quite extraordinary had happened. The resurrection, of course, but what they experienced within themselves was a breaking of the curse and the captivity to sin and death within their lives. This happened in a way that the law had never been able to do. And so they began to realize that indeed Jesus had done what only God can do, and that is to forgive sin and to bring life out of death. It did not take long for them to realize that in fact, in Jesus Christ, it was God in the flesh who had made that sacrifice that we cannot make, that reconciles us with God. And that in reality, our salvation is found in Christ, who himself is in God, because he is God. This is a unique revelation among all the world's religions. And it is at the very heart of our salvation and how it all works. If God were not a holy trinity, we would not be saved. We would be left to continue as people have done throughout the ages, trying desperately to save ourselves and yet unable to do it. But in Christ, who is in God because he is God, we have a salvation that cannot be taken away. I also said that um, the Holy Trinity has real implications for how we live as Christians after our recognition of God's saving grace in Christ is all of that ongoing life and service that follows. And the Holy Trinity has real implications for that as well. Because if we're going to understand what it is to grow into God-likeness, which we are called to do, we need to understand what it means to be one in three and three in one. Some exciting scholarship of recent decades has often described this reality of God as a community of being. One being, but that being is a community of relationships. What that means is that if we are to be godlike, we cannot do it alone. We must be in relationship with others because if God is a community of being, we must be a community of being as well. That unity in community is, um, 
is something that Paul describes in another way when he describes the church as the body of Christ, one body with many members, all working together to uh, spread God's kingdom and to do God's work in the world, to make the kind of witness that makes uh, people come to Jesus and to embrace the faith and be reconciled with God. Jesus, in the last prayer that he prayed before uh, his passion, prayed that the church might be one as he and the Father are one. And then he goes on to pray um, that always when I go to Scripture, I like to be precise. <laughs> that the world may know that you have sent me and that the glory you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one. In other words, what Jesus was praying came from the knowledge that the glory and the power of God would be seen by the world in that community of faith, that community of being on earth, the body of Christ, that lives together in that kind of common purpose and common love toward one another that is a reflection of God's own nature. This is a light in a dark world. And when the church lives into that calling, when the church truly is an expression of that kind of unity in love, it is a compelling witness to the world and a light in the darkness. I think that that's something that we really should be considering very uh, deeply in the current uh, experience of the culture in which we live. And to ponder the ways in which we can, as the body of Christ, as the community that reflects God's community of being at work in the world, how we can exercise leadership to bring healing and reconciliation and light in that darkness. Knowing exactly how to do that is something that needs discussion, both within the church and with people beyond the church. But if we approach those discussions with Christ-like humility and with Christ-like love, the world will see that light. And if that leadership also includes manifesting that kind of reconciliation within our own life in the church, then it will truly be a powerful witness of the fact that it is in God alone that we can find true healing and true reconciliation, both with God and with one another here on earth. That indeed, 
this triune God is our only hope. Amen.